the only way to participate in those types of meetings is to stop waiting for the perfect time and decide that you're willing to participate at the imperfect time. There is inherent messiness in having a voice. There is inherent messiness in deciding that you're gonna show up and participate as a leader. Your willingness to embrace that messiness is what is going to make you effective in your role. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here, and now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Jess, and I am the host and creator of the Art of Speaking Up podcast. I am also a career coach for ambitious women. I support women in building confidence, finding your voice, and becoming a super powerful and effective leader. I am so passionate about this work because I had a career in the corporate space before I took this podcast full time. I started my career as a consultant at McKinsey, and then I spent several years working as a strategist inside very big, well-known consumer brands and companies like Pandora Music and the Walt Disney Company, and I built a very successful career. I became an executive in my early 30s. I was thriving. I was getting promoted. I was doing so well financially. I built this incredible career, but it was not without struggles. And it took me so much time (laughs) and like so many rough patches to find my voice and feel confident in myself and what I brought to the table. And when I was in my corporate career and I was starting to like finally be successful, finally feel confident, finally have the voice that I wanted, finally enjoy my work and feel powerful and feel like I was making an impact. When I started to finally feel that way, I realized that I could be a voice out there for other women who are in the earlier part of that journey. Because when I was struggling, I searched desperately, like I searched high and low for professional development workshops and resources and help and mentors. I searched and searched. I was trying to find someone who understood the struggles that I was experiencing internally, the doubt, the negative feelings, the imposter syndrome. And I couldn't seem to find it. All the advice that I was finding out there, all the career stuff that I was finding felt very surface level and very superficial. And sometimes it even made me feel more alienated in my struggles. And all I wanted was a woman out there, like one woman (laughs) out there who was successful, who could say, I'm successful and I really struggled and I'm imperfect and I'm still a messy human, but I've still created what I want to create in my career and I feel badass and effective and powerful. I wanted to find a woman who would say that so that I could believe that I could be that too. And I couldn't find it. And so after I created all this success in my corporate career, I started this podcast because I realized I could be that person. I could be someone who had accomplished all of the things that I thought 
would be impossible that I thought I couldn't have in my corporate career without being perfect, right? I'm a very messy human, but I figured out how to believe in myself and how to have a voice and how to have a really big impact without having to be free of flaws, without having to like never have a shaky moment. I figured it out and I really want to be a voice helping you remember and remind yourself that you are going to figure it out too. That is why I do this work. I am particularly excited today because today kicks off a series of bonus episodes that I am doing in honor of the launch of my group program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy. If you've been around here a minute, you know what that program is. If you don't know much about it, The Art of Speaking Up Academy is my signature group program where I support you in becoming a super effective and assertive communicator and also in building confidence because ultimately the effectiveness of your voice and your communication is fueled by your confidence. It's fueled by what's on the inside. And in The Art of Speaking Up Academy, I help you with the inside, the inner work, the confidence, the believing in yourself and I help you with the outside, how to sound effective and crisp and polished when you speak. This program is part learning and it's also part inspiration because you need the learning to understand how to communicate in a way that is going to resonate with an executive audience, with your boss, with leaders at your company, but you also need to be inspired to believe in yourself and to continually believe in your capabilities because that is what is going to help you be super effective when you are using your voice and communicating with those around you at work. One of my favorite things about the Art of Speaking Up Academy is it's a group program. So you get to do this work with other women who are very successful in their careers, very ambitious, and who have the same goal as you, which is to push past the doubt, the fear, the second guessing, and get better at believing in themselves and using their voice at work to make an impact. If that is something you are ready for, you're going to love this program and doors are open now until Friday, May 12th. You can learn more and you can grab your spot at justguzzitcoaching.com slash academy. I've already started to read the bios of some of you who have already enrolled in the program and I am blown away by how accomplished so many of you are and how talented and smart you are. And I'm so honored and excited to get to meet you. And for those of you who are about to join, who haven't yet joined, I can't wait to learn about you and work with you and guide you inside this program. Like I said, you can head over to jessgazitcoaching.com slash academy where you can see the entire curriculum. It'll show you all of the topics that I cover and coach you on inside the program, and you will get more of a sense of what you will experience during your six months in the Art of Speaking Up Academy with me. So that brings me to today's episode. In honor of the launch of the Art of Speaking Up Academy, I'm doing a bonus series And I can feel that I'm going to get very fired up today because I have so much to tell you and I have such strong feelings on this topic. But I am doing a bonus series on some of the essential shifts that you need to make if you want to be a more effective, more confident communicator. These are things that have to happen. These are steps that you cannot skip if it is important for you to have a voice and to have a voice that is effective. And today, 
we're talking about a shift that almost all of my clients, probably every single one of my clients, like if I took a list of every woman I've supported and asked if this was something that she had to work through and that she struggled with, the answer would be yes. And that is perfectionism and thinking that you need to be, feel, and sound perfect when you speak. Now, not only does perfectionism not help you communicate better, perfectionism actually makes you less effective in your communication. So it is in your interest to practice letting go of it. Now, I'm going to talk about this more in this episode. This is a little bit of a mind F because when you fall into perfectionism, usually you are thinking by me doing it perfect, it's going to be better. So it feels like the perfectionism is helping you. And what I really need to show you, like I urgently need to show you in this episode, it is so important for me to get this across to you, is that the perfectionism feels like it's making your communication better. 100,000%, I promise you, from the depths of my soul, it is making your communication worse. So I know it feels like it's making your communication better. In reality, it is making your communication worse. I don't say this to judge you or to shame you or any of that. I say this to free you because the more you learn and the faster you see how the perfectionism is harming your communication and detracting from your natural ability to shine, the more you will be incentivized to learn to let go of it. Because I'm sure you know, and I know because I'm a perfectionist myself, I do this too. We, we don't want to let go of it. We want to be perfectionists. We want to cling hard and hold tight and grasp on really strongly and have everything be perfect and right and correct. So we don't want to let go of perfectionism. Perfectionists like perfectionism, right? It's our addiction. It's our thing. We don't want to give it up. So in order for you to give it up, you have to really truly see the impact that it's having on you so that you want to give it up, so that you realize just how much you will grow and how much you will gain when you finally let go of it. So what I'm going to do in this episode is I'm going to walk you through some of the most common ways that perfectionism shows up. These are habits that you might identify as ones that you have. Then I'm going to explain to you through one of my favorite examples that I'm constantly using with all of my clients. I'm going to explain to you why the perfectionism is making you less effective and help you see what will actually make you more effective in your communication. Because here's the thing. Perfectionism doesn't feel good. Perfectionism feels bad. It feels like pressure. It feels stressful. It feels constricting, right? Like I'm imagining a boa constrictor or a snake like circling around me and like slowly tightening around my body. It's hard for me to speak effectively and confidently if there's a snake slowly ensnaring my entire being, right? And that's how perfectionism is. It doesn't feel good. So when we realize that we can be effective without it, 
what we're also realizing is that strong communication doesn't have to feel bad. It doesn't have to feel like a snake ensnaring my body. It can feel good. So let's talk about some of the ways that perfectionism shows up. And by the way, whenever I laugh, I'm always poking fun at myself because so many of the topics that I coach on and teach on are things that I have experienced in my career and that I'm very intimate with. So as I reflect on some of these mindset traps and pitfalls, I like giggle and I'm like, yep, (laughs) I do that in my brain. So not laughing at you, laughing at me. Okay, so here are some of the ways that perfectionism shows up. And what I want to tell you is that Like, if you're really a hardcore, like, really hardcore perfectionist like I am, usually perfectionism doesn't present itself to you as perfectionism. So in other words, you don't have an experience in your mind of like, I'm going to be a perfectionist as I decide whether I want to jump in and contribute in this meeting. And because I'm going to be a perfectionist, I'm going to spend 30 minutes in my head formulating and reformulating my thought before I actually say it. It never presents as perfectionism. It almost always presents as helping you be more effective. This is why it's so insidious, right? It's like the man in the van with the candy. He doesn't lure in the kids with something scary. He lures in the kids with candy. So that's like us with the perfectionism. We're like, ooh, candy. Ooh, let me rethink what I'm going to say 500 times in my head before I say it. And then it's going to be really good. So to us, it seems valuable at first. And so my hope is for you to see that some habits that you have (laughs) that feel like productive habits that are helping your career. They are not productive habits. They are just perfectionism. They are the man in the van offering you candy. Don't take the candy. Let's dive in. Okay, the first way it might show up for you in meetings is waiting for the perfect time, the perfect time to jump into the meetings. This happens so much with my clients where they're in meetings. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people talking back and forth. There's a crossfire of conversation and they wait for an opening. They wait for the right time. The problem is there is no right time. And the only way to participate in those types of meetings is to stop waiting for the perfect time and decide that you're willing to participate at the imperfect time. Your willingness to participate at the imperfect time is what enables you to have a voice and be effective. So that is the first one. The second way perfectionism shows up, and if you're listening to this podcast, guarantee that you're doing this. Guarantee. If you're not, send me an email and you can correct me. But it is having the perfect thing to say. There's this idea that there's a perfect thing. It might be super sharp. It might be super charming. It might be super innovative. It might be said in just the right way. But like there's a perfect idea. And that is the only idea that you're allowed to share. It can't be half-baked. It can't be something that you're working on developing in your mind. It can't be something unoriginal. It has to be perfect. It has to have this quality of like absolute perfection for it to be worthy of you vocalizing in a meeting. The other way perfectionism shows up is taking your idea that you have and trying to say it perfectly, trying to express it perfectly. If this is one that applies to you, then probably you find yourself inside your head editing 
what you're about to say in your mind. The same way you would obsessively edit an email and like type it and retype it and then almost send it and then read it again and then change it again. You're doing that, except instead of on a keyboard, you're just doing it in your head. And you're thinking that you gotta say it sharp, you can't fumble, it has to flow. And so you have your idea ready to go, but you spend all this time trying to express it in the perfect way. Another way that perfectionism shows up, and this is so sneaky, this is so man in the van offering candy to the max, is thinking that you need to have deeper subject matter expertise before you can contribute. This one is so insidious and so sneaky because it feels so true and it doesn't feel like perfectionism. It just feels like you're being a productive, responsible voice in the meeting by wanting to have knowledge that informs how you contribute. However, this is a form of perfectionism because you will never, ever, ever get to a point in your career where you're able to know everything about every room you're in. And in fact, the more you advance in your career and the more success you have, the more you're gonna get invited to meetings where you don't know a lot of what's happening and you're gonna have to get yourself up to speed and be useful and be able to lead people and your team and your company quickly without having deep expertise and all the answers. So this is one where it looks like, oh, having expertise is a great thing because then I know more. But this is a form of perfectionism because you're aiming for a standard that's impossible. It is not possible to be the expert in every room you're in unless you choose a specific career path where all you do is one thing and you become really good at it and you're the go-to expert in your company and anytime people need your exact expertise, they pull you in. But roles like that where you're very specific and it's one thing and it's the same thing and you have all the expertise, roles like that tend not to lead you into leadership because leadership requires you to be broader. You can't just be really narrow and know one thing. You have to be able to run a team. You have to be able to run a business, right? So you have to be able to broaden and pull back and step outside. So if you're growing and you're in a career where you want to be moving upwards, you want to become a leader, then it's an impossible goal to always have all the information, which means that you have to learn to contribute even when you only have 50% of the information, right? Even when you're not the person who's immersed in all of the details. I know it doesn't feel like perfectionism when you're thinking, I need to know more, but it is because leadership is the ability to add value and be a part of the conversation without having to know everything. That is literally, literally the definition of what a CEO does. And this brings me to the part of this episode where I want to explain to you why these habits that I mentioned do not help you actually communicate in a way that's more effective. So I, I mentioned four habits. Habit one is waiting for the perfect time to speak. Habit two is wanting to have the perfect thing to say. Habit three is trying to say what you want to say in a way that's perfect. And habit four is thinking that you need to know more before you can contribute. So these four habits, we're going to imagine what it's like 
for the CEO of your company to be invited to a meeting. We're going to run down this list of four habits. And together, we're going to imagine, does the CEO of your company engage in this habit? This is going to help you see that these habits, they feel like they're helping you, but they are not. They're detracting from your brilliance. So let's paint the scene. I want you to imagine the CEO of your company, and I want you to imagine a realistic meeting scenario that that CEO would get invited to. And let's make it a simple scenario. Let's say there are maybe two members of that CEO's leadership team, two or three members that are all working on a project together, right? So for example, maybe your head of product and your head of technology and your head of marketing are working on something that overlaps across their three teams within the company, and they have invited the CEO to a meeting to share an informal update on that piece of work and to get guidance and input from the CEO. Now, just for me to drive this point home, we're going to imagine the CEO engaging in all of these perfectionist habits in this meeting with the CEO's direct reports, right? With that subset of the CEO's team. So I want you to imagine, let's imagine a physical conference room. And I want you to imagine two to three members of the CEO's leadership team. They walk into the conference room, they sit down, they open up their laptops. Maybe one of them plugs in their laptop and gets ready to project a PowerPoint. The CEO walks in and sits down. And then the CEO's leadership team begins talking to the CEO about the project. Now, I want you to imagine that the CEO is quiet and up in their head because they're waiting for the perfect time to jump into the meeting. They're thinking, well, my leadership team has come. They brought me this project, but I don't want to jump in and interrupt and talk at the wrong time. I'm going to wait for the perfect time to participate in this meeting. And then I want you to imagine that the CEO starts thinking, I wanna make sure that I have the perfect thing to say. So I don't wanna just give regular feedback or say something obvious or mundane or share something that's a bit half-baked. I want it to be perfect. So I'm not gonna share anything with my leadership team until I have the perfect thing to say. And then I want you to imagine that as the CEO is being updated on this project, they have a light bulb moment and they realize, ah, I know exactly, I know exactly what they need to do to get this project over the line. But instead of sharing that with them, the CEO stops and goes into their own head and starts thinking, what is the right way to say this? What is the perfect way? to tell my team this idea? What is the perfect way to explain this to them? And then I want you to imagine that partway through the meeting, because the CEO is all quiet and stuck in their head and overthinking everything and waiting for the perfect time and trying to have the perfect thing to say and trying to say it perfectly, their leadership team is not getting a lot of feedback from the CEO. And so the leadership team says, maybe the head of product says to the CEO, hey, now that we've walked you through the foundations, We'd love to get your thoughts on the best approach to this one particular obstacle that the three of us are facing and that our three teams are facing. And I want you to imagine that the CEO says, 
back to them. I wish that I could help you with that, but I need to know more. I don't have enough expertise in this project, right? So the reason that I'm running you through this example is because when we imagine the CEO engaging in these perfectionist habits, it feels like such a mismatch. And when I take myself to this example and I do this exercise for myself, what comes out to me in such a shocking way is that these three leaders need help, they need guidance, they need support, and the CEO being all up in their head, (laughs) waiting for the perfect time and the perfect thing and the perfect way to say it, is not helping the people that need the help, right? All of this stir in the CEO's head and the CEO thinking that they need to know more and say the right thing and all of that perfectionism is preventing the one thing that the CEO's actually needed for, which is to help them. The perfectionism is detracting from the CEO's effectiveness. We can see so clearly in this example that these three leaders are drowning. They need help. They need guidance. They need leadership. They might be highly smart and highly competent, but the CEO holds a different perspective. The CEO can provide guidance that they cannot extract from themselves without that leadership perspective. And when the CEO waits for the perfect time and the perfect thing and to say it perfectly and feels like they need more information, then the team doesn't get the help they need. And the CEO in that room is like a bazillion times less effective. I don't even know a number to capture how much less effective. And it's like, it's painful to think about. It pains me to think about because my thought process is, oh my gosh, This person, this CEO is so smart. They're so helpful. And yet none of those smarts and none of that leadership is actually getting used. And this is how I feel about my clients and the women I support. I'm like, oh my gosh, they have brought you to the meeting. Okay, fine. Maybe you're not the CEO, but your time costs your company money. And every meeting that they bring you to is time that you are not going to spend on other things. So they brought you there for a reason. And just like the CEO, instead of helping, you're engaging in these perfectionist habits that prevent you from helping. And what is so important, what is so important that I want you to take away from this episode is that perfectionism is not the same as effectiveness. In your mind, your mind lies to you. It's the man in the van with the candy and tells you that the more perfect you are, the more effective you are. But I think that we can all agree that when our CEO in this example engages in perfectionism, I think we can all agree that their effectiveness went down. So when perfectionism is high, effectiveness is low. This is so important because in your mind, it feels like the opposite. In your mind, it feels like when perfectionism is high, effectiveness is high. So you go down this path that feels like it's helping you when it's doing the opposite because when perfectionism is high, effectiveness is low. Not only does perfectionism prevent you from engaging 
in conversations in a way that's more effective, right? The CEO is going to be way more effective if they don't wait for the perfect time to speak, if they don't wait for the perfect idea to engage in the conversation, if they don't wait to say it perfectly, if they don't wait to have more information, they throw all of that out the window and they just participate. They just speak. Not only does releasing perfectionism help you do that and help you show up as a valuable contributor in the room, but more importantly, when your mind is focused on saying it right and having the right thing and the right time and everything being right, when your mind is focused on all those things, what it's not focused on are the things that will actually make you effective. So you could be having an impact and helping, but you're not because you've said yes to the candy from the man in the van. Do you see what I'm saying? The perfectionism is saying, come here, I'm gonna help you, I'm gonna make it better, I'm gonna make you sound good, I'm gonna make everyone think you're really good. But really, it's distracting you from what will actually make you sound good and what will actually make you effective. So here's what will actually make you way more effective than finding the right time to contribute or having the right thing to say or saying it in the right way or thinking that you need to know everything. What is actually going to make you effective is number one, keeping your primary focus on getting results. The reason the CEO is invited to that room and the reason that you are in the rooms that you are in is to help get results. That should be your number one orientation. You helping the people around you get results is more important than you jumping in at the perfect time or saying the perfect thing or saying it perfectly. And remember, all those perfecty things don't help you get results. They prevent you from getting results. So every meeting that you enter into, your main goal, always, everything should be guided by the fact that you are there to help get results. That's the first thing. The second thing you want to be doing in place of perfectionism is learning to develop a point of view without having to know everything. This is so important. The more you cling to the idea that you need to know a lot before you can help, before you can have a direction, before you can move things forward, the more it will stunt your growth as a leader. The CEO is one of the least expert people in the entire company. They're one of the people that is farthest removed from the details, yet they're the most effective, most valuable person at the company, arguably, right? So this tells us that our value doesn't come from having all the answers and being the expert. Why is the CEO so valuable? Why is it so valuable to have the CEO drop into a meeting, even if the topic of that meeting is something that the CEO is not familiar with? It's valuable because the CEO is going to bring their thinking and their commitment to results and their problem solving into the conversation and like I think we all trust that they're going to find a way to help without having to know everything, without having to have all the answers. So you can do that too. And literally, the way that you start doing that is opening yourself up to that possibility. Because when you believe it's impossible to be valuable unless you have all the answers, you close the door to creativity in your brain. You stop thinking creatively. You stop exploring and wondering how you could help, and therefore you don't come up with ways to help, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it really does look like you just needed more information. You just didn't know enough. You're not a subject matter expert. You're not smart enough. You're not knowledgeable enough. But really, it's the thought. 
the thought that you need to be smarter, the thought that you need to know more, the thought that you need to have an expert perspective prevented you from getting creative, prevented you from pushing the edges and the boundaries of your own mind and your own thinking and your own creativity to come up with solutions. That's what leaders do all day long. That's the most valuable thing you can do for your company, and it doesn't require you to be an expert. The last thing that you have to be willing to do in order to be highly effective in meetings is you have to be willing to get messy. All of these perfectionist habits, these are all ways of avoiding getting messy, right? Getting messy by jumping into the conversation at the quote unquote wrong time, getting messy by sharing something imperfect, getting messy by saying it imperfectly. You think that by not getting messy, you're being more polished, you're being more effective, but really by you not being willing to get messy, you're not showing up as a CEO, you're not showing up as a leader, you're not adding value. There's inherent messiness in having a voice. There's inherent messiness in deciding that you're gonna show up and participate as a leader. Your willingness to embrace that messiness is what is going to make you effective in your role. There is no way around it. And look, I'm not saying that I don't want you to sound crisp when you speak, but what I'm saying is there's a point at which trying to sound crisp devolves into perfectionism and prevents you from adding any value at all. I would much rather, when I was hiring for my team in corporate, I would much rather hire someone who's a little messy and coming in and helping than someone who's in their head because they're trying to get it perfect. As a leader, having that person on my team, even though they're so brilliant, it's not as helpful because I don't have anything to work with or to respond to. So we have to be willing to allow some room for messiness. And what I have found is that the fear of sounding messy or being messy is typically not based in reality. I think often we think, oh, well, like if I say it perfect and I I really try to get it perfect, I'm gonna sound better. And if I let myself be messy, I'm gonna sound worse. But what I have found and what I teach in the academy, because this is so important, is that when you allow room for messiness, that is when your communication actually flows, right? It's like that example of the boa constrictor that I gave, like a a snake is circling my body and tightening around me. When I'm thinking that I need to sound perfect, I feel the constriction, I feel the tightness, I feel the suffocation. And when I allow myself room to be messy, I relax. And ironically, when I relax, when I allow that imaginary snake to loosen its tightly wound coil around my body and I speak, I'm more effective, I'm more crisp because I'm coming from a place of feeling relaxed and comfortable, not from a place of feeling suffocated by my own internal perfectionism. So the willingness to be messy typically leads us to be less messy. Just like the willingness to be imperfect typically leads us to be more effective. This is a huge foundation underneath what I teach inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. There's a lot of work that I do with you inside that program to help you get better at releasing the need to be perfect 
to sound perfect, and to always have the answer in order to speak in a way that's very confident. Because the most unstoppable, badass confidence that could ever possibly exist is the kind that you feel even when you don't get it perfect, even when you don't know all the facts, even when you don't have all the information. When you can feel strong and solid and capable, even when it's not perfect, that is not only when you become so much more effective in meetings because you're willing to get in there and act like a CEO, but also it's when you start to sound confident and exude confidence, right? Exuding confidence and having your audience and your boss and your coworkers see you as confident doesn't come from trying to get it perfect doesn't come from trying to have all the answers. That's what you're doing. That's what a lot of you have been trying and it's not working. It's not making you sound confident. It comes from the opposite. It comes from knowing that you're valuable and that you have something to say even when it is not perfect. So there's a lot of paradox in this. By letting go of perfectionism, you become more effective. By being willing to sound messy, You sound more polished and strong. And this letting go is hard, but I'm so passionate about it because there's so much advice out there that teaches women how to be more confident by holding on tighter and going deeper into our patterns of perfectionism. And this isn't going to work. It's not sustainable. It's not what is going to lead you to long-term growth because the problem is when you take that approach, you lack flexibility. You don't know the answer or something goes wrong or you do something imperfect and it breaks you. And then you aren't effective at picking yourself back up and keeping things moving forward. That is a huge thing that I'm going to work with you on inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy is not needing to know everything and have everything to be perfect in order for you to feel badass and confident and effective and strong and in order for you to show up like a CEO. A huge part of this program is I want to help you stop focusing on the things that don't matter. Jumping in at the perfect time, it doesn't matter. Having the perfect idea, it doesn't matter. Saying it perfectly, it doesn't matter. Having all the answers, it doesn't matter. Instead, I want to focus you away from those perfectionist habits that don't help and that suck up all your energy. And I want to help you focus on the things that do matter, which is being determined to get results and always having a point of view and being willing to be and get messy. It will change the game for you. It will make you so much more confident. You'll be so much more effective and you'll have so much more fun in your job. When I was trying to be perfect and falling into these unhelpful patterns of perfectionism, my job was so much more exhausting and stressful because I was gripping so tightly. But when I finally started to break those patterns, I actually enjoyed myself. It gave me energy. I just felt like I could just show up and be, and I didn't have to try so hard. And so there's a joy that comes with letting go because you're finally able to have impact and add value and execute from this place within you that feels more easy, more smooth, more relaxed, more sustainable, and it can change your relationship with your entire career. That is why I'm so passionate about this work because I believe that you not only deserve to feel amazing inside and have a voice that reflects that, but also believe that you deserve all the professional benefits and all of the emotional benefits, the enjoyment and the fun 
that come with being able to release the perfectionism and just show up and speak. If that is something that you are ready to develop, you are going to love the Art of Speaking Up Academy. Give me six months with you and I like I'm going to squeeze so much of the perfectionism out of you and you're going to change how you see confidence. One of the most common things my past academy students tell me by the end of the program is not just that they feel more confident, but their entire definition of confidence has changed in a way that makes them feel more free and in a way that helps them build confidence faster. We are going to take the perfectionism out of your quest to feel confident and sound confident and communicate effectively. And we are going to replace it with an authentic belief in your brilliance and your natural capabilities. If you are ready to find a confident voice and be an effective communicator, not from a place of perfectionism, because that is not what we are doing in this program, come join me inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. Doors are open until Friday, May 12th. You can learn more. You can see the entire curriculum at jessgazicoaching.com slash academy. And you can reach out to me. Send me an email, jessica at theartofspeakingup.com. If you have questions about the program, I've ran it three times. This is going to be my fourth time running the program. So I have so much perspective on exactly what type of person it's a good fit for. And if you're trying to figure that out, shoot me a note. I'll drop my email in the show notes and I can help you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Here's to releasing perfectionism. I say this as a fellow recovering perfectionist. It is possible and it is worth it. Trust me. And I will catch you in the next episode. Bye.